This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. Your time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And today we're joined with a special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. My name is Jeffrey and I'm uh, very excited to be here today. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, if that name sounds familiar, Jeffrey, to our audience, uh, Jeffrey's actually my older brother by like six years. So not too much older than me. Yeah, I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, known you all your life, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, all 24 years of my life. Oh, man. And it's, yeah, almost, his, it's almost his birthday, too. So uh, say happy birthday to in, in our emails and social medias to, to my brother. Thank you. We'll provide all the links and stuff. But yeah, I can't believe you're turning whatever age that is. I know what it is, but I don't want to reveal that. You guys can calculate it. <laughs> 1984, right? I'm just kidding. No, you weren't born in 1984, but the movie that we're talking about today takes place in 1984, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, I'm guessing we all watched it on HBO Max. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't about to risk it. <laughs> going to, I don't think any of the theaters are open anyway uh, nearby. Yeah, everything's closed, right? I believe so. Dang. So how, how did it feel for you guys uh, watching like a new, new movie ra- on streaming rather than in theaters? You know, for me, like it was weird because my setup was kind of awkward. I, had, I was watching it off a laptop and the audio wasn't very good. So like it was, I, I actually kind of describe it as un- uncomfortable even like. I wish that I had like a recliner or I was at, like I was on the couch, but I was just on the bed. I had like the, the laptop propped up and I was just watch, watching it from there. So it's actually kind of uncomfortable, unfortunately. How about yeah, you, Ben? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for me. Um, so um, I ended up watching it on my TV um, and it, it was just weird to me just because obviously – you know, with I, I feel like we've had this discussion before, Jeremy, where whenever we'd uh, generally go see a movie, especially opening weekend, it's that anticipation of going to the theater, you know, going to the concession stands and getting popcorn, just getting that whole smell. And then obviously you're just surrounded by a theater full of people. And, uh, you know, you get the whole giant screen you get the whole surround sound and 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 sometimes you know we get the imax or xd um experience and uh even though you know i i like my you know i'm a fan of my own home setup i don't know it was just weird that we're watching such a brand new movie on the same day but at home it was a little underwhelming and i doubt that this will go beyond the pandemic i feel like once uh everything reopens and things are 
basically normal again. We're going back to the way things were just because it is just it's such a foreign experience. I don't know. I, I miss that whole theater experience. I love it. Yeah, man. Same here, man. I'm glad that you brought up that whole an- anticipatory factor because I kind of forgot about that. Uh, just like like you mentioned, the concession stands, the uh, even watching the trailers before the movie, like I didn't realize like there's that that hype that kind of builds up, and you're like, okay, I'm ready to watch this. But you know, for me, I just literally just press a button and started watching. So <laughs> you skip that whole that whole beginning part, and kind of makes it weird. I know. I feel like well, when I've watched movies with uh, with both of these guys, and I feel like, you know, based off of like the trailer that we may have watched for whatever movie we're watching, we start talking about like, oh, you know, we we try to guess what's going, what's going to happen during the movie, or you know, we just discuss theories, and I I kind of miss that whole thing. Yeah, man. Like just the movie theater experience. I just remember when we we watched it, uh, Wonder Woman. And once it ended, I thought, man, this movie, I would have liked it more if I watched it in theaters, just to, you know, to enjoy the kind of the, the spectacle of it, all the colorfulness of the movie. I think that experience would have just been better uh, in theaters. So streaming is convenient because you don't have to pay like uh, $10 for popcorn or something, but <laughs> it's like... <laughs> But you know you can't really beat the movie theater experience. Yeah, I I completely agree. I don't think that movie theater experience will ever die. I think obviously um, because you know the pandemic is lasting as long as it is, and you know obviously the conf- uh, the consumer's confidence won't be there right away. Um, I feel like it, it'll gradually, eventually get to the way things were. Maybe in the next three to five years, we'll see. We'll yeah, we'll see. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Well, uh, Jeff, you actually listened to a few of our other episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have actually. Good stuff. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, so you must know that we have a podcast ritual where we talk about one or maybe two uh, notable TV shows or movies that we watched. Uh, and this time we want to share like maybe something that we've watched over the little holiday hiatus that we had. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything that you watched maybe in the last month or so? Yeah, actually, um, yeah, I was thinking about this as I was preparing for uh, the podcast and I was like, huh, I'm probably going to fall under the typical Asian stereotype because I'm watched a anime movie over the holiday uh, this holiday hiatus you guys had and uh the anime movie is called anime movie is called um i want to eat your pancreas oh <laughs> it, you it can sounds... share that i i shared it with you <laughs> yeah it was a so, recommendation by me <laughs> yeah jeremy he recommended it to me and when i heard the title i was like are we really gonna watch this right now and you know without giving any spoilers um it, it was just really good. I um, it balances like a wide spectrum of like emotions, like from humor to romance to like grief, and it somehow just feels like all kind of natural and and uh, yeah, it was a really good movie. So if you're, uh, I guess, craving to watch an anime movie, I would definitely recommend. I want to eat your pancreas. <laughs> Did that just recently come out? 
Was it a 2019? Uh, yeah, I want to say to either 2018 or 19, probably. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if they changed the title, maybe it would be more appealing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is. But it, but it makes Wait, sense. What? When you watch the movie. When you like watch you wouldn't want to eat their uh, pancreas? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get with English translations, man. Mm-hmm. And, How about you, Ken? Uh, oh. oh, wait. Do you have another one? Yeah, yeah another I actually one? Have a- I have a second one actually. Right, cool. I started watching um, this one TV show. Actually, it's uh, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. Oh, so okay. yeah, it's kind of random. I don't usually watch like cooking shows, but anyway. So Gordon Ramsay, the famous chef, he goes to like different um, cities all around the world, and he basically learns like their cuisine and their culture, and kind of comes up with this, this these um dishes that you know he's trying to learn from these different areas and these different cooks and so forth and i think gordon ramsay just in general is very entertaining just kind of his personality and everything so i really got into that show and and i'm pretty much all cut up now so i would definitely recommend that as well oh nice like did you have like a favorite um like country that he visited or like um cuisine that he was experimenting with that it like really like got your appetite going yeah actually i think one of the more memorable ones is uh when he went to india just because of like india is so famous well they were explaining that india india is so famous for their spices and so like their food can be really at least according to gordon um so spicy that like it makes your lips and your tongue numb so then <laughs> it's like, how do you enjoy this kind of food, right? But then um, in India, I guess they also kind of like balance it out with like other flavors like citrus and um, it's kind of those more light and, and uh, cooling, these uh, more cool ingredients, I guess you can call it. And just the combination of all of that and, and stuff like, yeah, man, I want, I want Indian food. <laughs> oh, man. It does sound good right now. It's been a while. Uh, how about you, Ken? Uh, well, the actually, I have two uh, that I want to share as well. Uh, they're both TV shows, and uh, one of them's old, and one of them's new. And actually, I'm, I think I mentioned both of them offline before tonight uh, to Jeremy, uh, just in random conversations. But you're gonna get a, you're both of you are gonna get a kick out of the first one for sure. Uh, the old TV show that I wanted to share just got made available on hbo max it's batman the animated series no way yeah it's available um it's yeah it's uh, a show i guess that started in 1992 and uh for me growing up uh this show would um like basically be on um like basic cable um and i would watch it every day um after school and so this was one of my favorite shows as a kid. And again, it's available on HBO Max, not sponsored. And so um, I just thought it was pretty cool to hear uh, the voice of Batman, uh, Mr. Kevin Conroy, because Jeremy, I don't know if you remember when we drove up to Napa uh, to watch Tenet, um, Jeremy was telling me, it's like, hey, uh, have you heard that Kevin Conroy is an <laughs> available voice on Waze? <laughs> and so uh, right before we left, I switched 
the setting uh, to my Waze app, and literally Batman was showing us how to get to the movie theater in Napa. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty he's funny. Like, he was like, turn right in one mile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was so awesome. <laughs> oh man it's so good but yeah if you um if you guys enjoyed the show um i highly recommend it um they they kind of cleaned it up a little bit it's still in four to three aspect ratio but man it's it brought back memories of, of my childhood for sure yeah i don't know if there's a more iconic voice than kevin conroy for batman like i've heard really good other like voice actors for batman but kevin conroy there's just something different about him yeah, Kevin Conroy, man, like just guiding us through ways. It's like you're going through the streets of Gotham. Isn't that what it felt like? It, it did. It was actually pretty awesome, actually. And I can't wait, actually, until I get to some further along episodes where, you know, it's featuring the Joker because it's Mark Hamill as the Joker. And so um, yeah, it was just it was good. Just re, uh, started to rewatch some like four or five episodes in and um, yeah, I'll keep going. Uh, the other show that I wanted to highlight, though, is arguably my favorite TV show of 2020, and it's Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus, um, and that show star stars Jason Sudeikis, um, and obviously J- Jason Sudeikis uh, plays Ted Lasso, and he's a, he basically is a new soccer coach. I mean, sorry, football manager of an English Premier League team. And so uh, the, the show is so enjoyable to watch. Uh, all the characters, well, especially Jason Sudeikis, are so likable. I mean, by the end of the first season, because there's only one season, you'll actually get to know all of the characters and you'll like all of them. Even the quote-unquote um, like villains, I guess it, they're so nuanced that you still kind of feel sorry for them. And it's just such an entertaining show and it's so good. I guess Apple already picked it up for seasons two and three. And they, I actually heard that they just started production on shooting season two, I think yesterday. So, Oh man, it's so good. And guys, you want to know how much I like this show? How much? Well, you know, I, I actually only have Apple TV Plus because I was able to get a f- free year trial and it runs out in August, this coming August. I actually might start paying once that does wear off just because literally of this show. So Damn. it's that good. That good. So is it like a, it's a, it's a soccer show? Yes. Soccer centric show. Yeah. Football, football. <laughs> Okay. And it's more comedy than yes. anything. Yes, it's more comedy, uh, but it's more dramedy because you kind of follow some of these characters. But man, Jason Sudeikis is so likable. Uh, you really, you really root for the guy. Hmm. And I don't want to kind of, I don't want to, you know, like spoil any like details or whatever because they kind of delve into like the the you know like the setting or like the the conditions of how the the series starts in right 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 in the beginning so they get right into it so um yeah i'll i'll, I'll hook you guys up with uh, the apple tv plus so oh, man i need to get on that cuz apple tv plus i don't know many people that actually have that i'm telling you i only had it because it was free <laughs> <laughs> 
How many uh, episodes are there in the first season? Uh, first season, 10. 10 episodes, and okay. it's only a half an hour each. Oh, okay. So yeah, get, if, I didn't have, if I didn't have work uh, 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 when I started it, I probably would have binged the whole season. But um, like, I think I watched episode six. I finished that at like two in the morning. And I was like, oh, shoot, I got I to gotta go to work now. <laughs> I, I got to sleep, actually. Sorry. But, yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was, it was that good. Shoot, I'll keep that in mind. How about you, Jeremy? Uh, for me, I actually watched uh the amazing spider-man series all two movies oh no i'm sorry uh, <laughs> oh, uh which, which is uh weird because i watched the second one first <laughs> oh that's weird <laughs> i watched the second one and then i was like oh i wonder if the first one was any good because when i was watching the second one man that's just like a mess of a movie it's like everything's kind of half-baked there's some good like moments but everything, like all the storylines are just like halfway. Mm-hmm. There's never one that was like fully complete, really. Yeah, whenever I think about Amazing Spider-Man 2, I just think about missed opportunities and like so much potential, but I just don't follow through with it. So it's very like disappointing, especially me being a Spider-Man fan. Um, man, it just, you know, it hits harder than usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jeffrey is actually probably, yeah, you know what? I think you are. I'll just say it right now. You're the biggest Spider-Man fan that I know. <laughs> Thanks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're as big of a Spider-Man fan as I am an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. <laughs> okay. That's saying That's a-, a lot. That sounds <laughs> yeah. about right, though. Yeah, I watch Hercules in New York. If no one knows what that is, it's all right. Just Google it later. (laughs) But don't watch it. Don't watch it. (laughs) But if you're going to watch it, don't watch the dubbed version. (laughs) Oh, shoot. There's a dubbed version? Yeah, it's all right. (laughs) You don't need it. You don't need it, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Last episode, we talked about Home Alone, Ken. Uh, and we did a run a poll on our social medias. Do you want to share some of the results of that poll? Yeah. The, well, the poll that we ran for Home Alone was uh, we asked, who do you think suffered more during Home Alone? Uh, the first one, uh, Marv or Harry. And so uh, we ran the poll across uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, after the votes were tabulated, Marv actually came out on top at 57%. Hmm. I thought Harry, but, you know, I guess other people thought Marv got the short end of the stick then. I think um, I, I'm guessing the 57% were probably terrified of that tarantula as well. Ooh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that, that, I don't know. You put that on, on my face, I'll forget about it. Yeah. That's true. That's worse than getting your head burned with a flamethrower. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So not not too surprising. It was a bit close. So uh, if you want to participate in any of our polls on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, they will be happening every Tuesday uh, at Weekly Reel on all those social media platforms. So look out for that. 
Uh, today we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, this is a spoiler warning. We are going to be talking spoilers for Wonder Woman 1984. So, yeah, if you want to go watch, it's on HBO Max for about another two weeks, right, Ken? Yeah, something like that. I think it's like January 24, I believe. Don't quote mm -hmm. me on that, but it's right around that time. Yeah, so get on that and go watch it uh before listening to the rest of the podcast but if you don't care or if you've already watched it listen on in because in wonder woman 1984 diana wonder woman herself must face the powers of the wishing stone which is in the hands of max lord who is trying to become the most powerful man in the world so this movie obviously is a very hyped up movie it was supposed to come out i believe june of 2020 mm -hmm. it was obviously pushed back with all of the other movies in the world uh, and was finally released on Christmas Day in 2020 on HBO Max and whatever available theaters were actually open. Uh, people were a bit mixed with this movie. So uh, we're going to start off with a positive note, though, with some of our best moments in Wonder Woman 1984. Let's start off a little light, a little bit happy. Uh, so, bro... Uh, did you think of any good moments or any like favorite moments that you had of the movie? Yeah, you know, actually, um, one of the the good moments that stood out for me was actually the mall fight or the the mall sequence uh, with Wonder Woman. You know, it was just so like lighthearted. Like she really showed off, I think, her charm and her humor. Um, and it was like, it felt fresh, you know, like a fresh contrast from like other DC movies as of late, like justice league and Batman vs Superman, man of steel. Like I like that, that scene because it like, it kind of like reminded us like you don't have to be dark and to be entertaining. So I really like that, uh, that mall sequence. It's funny how you skipped over like the even more recent DC movies that we actually watched together, like Aquaman, <laughs> Shazam, <laughs> which are actually pretty light. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I skipped over those because I really like Batman and I really like Superman. So I really wanted those movies where they're in it to really like be good. I guess they're good, but they could be better. So that's why I mentioned those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, i'm kind of glad you mentioned the uh the mall sequence because uh yeah i mean it, it was entertaining i actually got stranger things vibes especially from season three because they spent a lot of time in the mall spoiler alert for stranger things season three uh but yeah i mean uh for me as a child of the 80s it brought back memories and for me the other like moment that i really enjoyed was when steve uh, Steve Trevor was trying to get acclimated to like the present the present day culture, which was 1984, and especially the scene where he's trying to like find out which outfit he's supposed to wear. Yeah. <laughs> and with so many outfits, he has like a fanny pack, and he's just wearing <laughs> it differently. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I just found I got also Dumb and Dumber vibes from that actually." When <laughs> When uh, Lloyd was trying to find out which tuxedo to to wear, just you know, coming in and out, and uh, so yeah, I think that was a, a another like moment or like 
a part of the movie that I really enjoyed was just Steve, and it, I just found it like very hilarious. <laughs> they should have played Pretty Woman in the background. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> should have. Yeah, check out Chris Pine's toenails as they buff them with a buffer or whatever. <laughs> and grind them down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. Yeah, um, it's it's funny, though. You mentioned the fanny pack. Uh, it's something that you would see in 2021 now because <laughs> I feel like I see a lot of... Uh, a lot of people wearing fanny packs. So I guess it finally just came back. Um, it's coming back, right? Like yeah. I, I'm seeing it. Like even I'm getting ads from like the stores like I shop at, like Uniqlo or some something, and they have fanny packs on there. Like, really? Am I gonna buy one now? But then I guess it's in. So yeah, you gotta you gotta be like Steve Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah, so. <laughs> Just wear your fanny pack around around the house, I guess, because you can't even go outside. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that you want to mention? Mm, well, unfortunately, I think like for me at least, there are more bad moments than good. So I think those are the best moments for me so far. All right, talk about the worst moments a little bit later. Yeah. All right, Ken. How about you? Any uh, best moments of Wonder Woman? Yeah, actually, um, I mean, Jeffrey mentioned one of the positive ones early in the movie. And actually, I want to go a little bit earlier than the movie. Basically, the first scene. Um, right off the bat, I just got Amazon Ninja Warrior vibes um, with uh, that whole like obstacle course or competition that a young Diana took place. I love that scene just because uh, first... I like how they brought back the same um, young actress from the first one, Lily Acebell. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I just thought it was pretty cool to be able to see her parkour through Themyscira. Um, so it just felt nice just to be put back in that whole setting, you know, that whole, um, just like the way they like pictured Themyscira you know like it, it's just a place that I want to go to uh just seems like a like a nice resort um obviously there's a lot of women it's all women um and <laughs> and you know especially since we're all locked up in uh in, at home with uh with this pandemic that we have I just really wanted to just be somewhere uh tropical and so I don't know I just thought that that whole scene especially with the um you know, the music playing and the, just how fun it was just to see um, like all the Amazonians kind of go through these like obstacles and, and, you know, shoot bows and arrows and stuff. I just thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, man, that the beginning scene, it was actually pretty thrilling in terms of action. I don't know how much it like they actually needed to spend in that part of the movie, but at least they made it entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, exactly. I mean, I thought it was entertaining. Um, and then, you know, you got kind of got that whole um, lesson that a young Diana had to learn. And we, we'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, but I felt like that scene was a good starter uh, for me because um, I don't know if you heard uh, that. I guess the studio wanted to cut that whole scene out. But I think uh, Patty Jenkins was adamant about keeping that in. Mm -hmm. oh, or sure. something like they they wanted either you cut the the mascara scene or the mall scene 
Not both. No and Patty Jenkins said, we're keeping both. Hey, why would you cut like the mall scene or that scene? Those are good scenes. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I would cut something else, but um, I'll get to that later when we get to we talk about yeah. the work. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they, they could have cut a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I also did like the mall scene as well, but there are some things about the mall scene that I don't like. Oh, specifically, oh. maybe like you know, just the fact that I don't know the high-priced possessions are just in the back of a jewelry store in a mall is a little bit weird um but the stuff around that is is the stuff i liked mm. okay i could see that um the other thing that i like was that um even though i felt that the movie kind of cheated to get steve trevor you know obviously played by chris pine, uh chris pine uh, back into Wonder Woman 1984, I just have always been a huge fan of um, Steve and Diana's chemistry, just in general. I just love, like, every time they were uh, on screen together, um, just, a, like, the little things, you know, like how the turntables, I'm just kind of giving my Michael Scott type of uh, thing, how they turn the tables on how you remember in the first wonder woman it was diana it's just out of time you know she was just like whoa what's going on you know like and obviously jeffrey uh, alluded to it earlier with her trying out the different outfits in the 19 what 18 I, it was right around that time yeah right? world war one era world war yeah, yeah world war one era i forget uh which year it was but yeah right around that time and then this time obviously it was um steve that was a man out of time with apologies to Steve Rogers. Um, <laughs> but um, the moment that I want to highlight was the whole invisible jet scene. Sure. I feel like it's not believable that Steve in some random dude's body figured out how to fly a uh, fighter jet in less than a minute. Uh, but I still think it was arguably uh, my favorite moment of Wonder Woman 1984 and actually the moment because I, it just brought back the whole invisible jet, which uh, I don't really know too much about Wonder Woman and the whole comic, but that's one of the things that I do know. And I'm glad that they brought it out. And I just thought it was pretty cool. Like the um, cinematography when they were in the jet and they had that one angle shooting kind of up and you got to see like all the fireworks around them. I just thought I love that um, that shot. I remember when me and my brother were watching that scene, we're like, how the heck are they not getting hit by any of these fireworks? Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of believable believability, I should say, uh, things about that whole thing, but I just, I, I overlooked it. Yeah, <laughs> just, it was a really nice looking scene. <laughs> I, I give it that for sure. Yeah, like with the fireworks and everything, I was like, oh man, like, wait. Oh, and it's interesting how the fireworks were going off because it was 4th of July, right? At the time. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny how they didn't know it was 4th of July. Yeah. Or they kind of forgot. Is that right? If like, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's 4th of July. <laughs> That's it. They kind of just mentioned it. It was weird. Yeah. yeah and they were in Washington, D.C., I think, right? Mm -hmm. And so you would think that, you know, they're going crazy over there. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of just random 
little things that they I don't know missed. I, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because okay, there's so many like plot holes, I guess. But uh, I guess since we're on it already, I'll just talk about it a little bit. Just a little bit weird how that fighter jet can fly all the way to Cairo. Uh, I watched uh, actually a video just today uh, on from a YouTube channel called Film Theory. Uh, a little bit shout out there, but uh, yeah, and basically it's like they wouldn't make it all the way to Cairo in the fighter jet, <laughs> yeah, especially um, like that specific one. They would run out of gas for sure because mm-hmm. um, Cairo, uh, Washington to Cairo is kind of far. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, for me, one of the things that I think stood out immediately or after watching the movie it's not one single moment, but I think um, Gal Gadot really, I think, settled into her role as Diana or Wonder Woman in this movie. Uh, even though the movie, I'm going to say it right now, overall wasn't as good as the first one. Uh, and there are some things that are like ugh, really cringy and just like, what the heck happened? Um, but I feel like she did a, actually a better job overall in this movie uh, in terms of character like characterization of her, um, of Diana. I think she really nailed like the emotional beats this time. Cause I remember watching the first wonder woman and I'm like, ah, that's a little bit cringy acting right there. But this time I was like really into it. I was like, Oh man, like she, like she really improved this time. I think that's one thing I have to mention this time that, you know, I think she had like improved her acting since the last wonder woman. So it kind of sucks how she got better and the uh, the movie itself didn't live up to the first one. Yeah, man. I got the feels when he she had to say goodbye to fake Steve uh, Trevor. And uh, she was... Because we already knew she was going to like renounce her wish by, you know, so that she would get her powers back. But man, that whole scene, like, whew, that was actually really good acting, just like you said, in that um, you felt the emotion emotion coming out of her because obviously she really didn't feel any type of connection with anyone else. Um, like, cause none of the guys were Steve, Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. Cause you knew Steve wasn't going to last. I mean, if anyone watched justice league, I guess the theatrical version, you know, Steve Trevor's not there. And Batman's like, is that what Steve Trevor told you? <laughs> like freaking Joss Whedon, and Bruce Wayne. <laughs> What did he say that again? I don't. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember him saying that. I, yeah, I don't remember either. I've only seen it once, uh, and I'm trying not to watch it. I knew I was gonna. I told you I was gonna watch it. I decided not to. <laughs> 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 Podcast uh, audience, what I was gonna do is I was gonna go straight from Dawn of Justice, the Ultimate Edition, to Wonder Woman, the first one. And I was gonna watch Justice League, Joss Whedon, and the, into 1984, but then I was like, "Man, these movies are kind of long. I'm just not gonna watch Justice League." <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll watch Justice League in uh, season two of the podcast. Maybe just to, like as a refresher before the Snyder Cut comes out, something like that. Who knows? We'll figure all that out. Yeah, especially when we know when the Snyder Cut is actually coming out. <laughs> Hopefully in 2021, please. <laughs> well, it said 2021. It could be December 31st, 2021, but we'll see. 
Happy Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> It'll be uh, a DC uh, holiday, <laughs> just like I said. <laughs> Uh, the the next moment, I guess, I guess my last best moment of Wonder Woman 1984 um, was near the end when she has the when Diana has the lasso of truth on around the ankles of um, Maxwell Lord, and the song. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, Ken, but the song uh, from Batman versus Superman came up. And I was just like, oh, yeah, where's Bruce Wayne? <laughs> I was like, where's Batman? Where's Ben Affleck? Even though it's 1984, he's probably still kind of young. Um, but, yeah, when that music kicked in and when she was speaking to the rest of the world, I think that was – it was mostly the music for me that made that Ooh. scene. Um, just that that Hans Zimmer score kicked in. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're just like – this is legit. But when I started to think more about like everyone renouncing their stuff, I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When um, I, I heard that theme too, it kind of just brought, it kind of just for me, at least it connected all of the movies. Um, and just reminded me like, okay, there's like this whole universe. And I was expecting Bruce Wayne just kind of like to pop up out of nowhere. I was kind of hoping he would, even though I know it's very unrealistic. But I was hoping he would. Martha, why'd you say her name? <laughs> I want like he wouldn't. No, he would. He definitely Martha wouldn't be alive in 1984. I don't think. No, um, I remember the feeling that I got when I watched Dawn of Justice the first time. In that, you know, they they went through that whole thing, and when I saw that, and then it, it went into that whole Bruce Wayne perspective of the end of man of steel i was like i don't know what people are talking about man donna justice is gonna be like the greatest movie ever and then the rest of the movie played and then i was like oh that's why <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> but yeah i really love the beginning of that and actually i did watch rewatch the ultimate edition um right before watching w wonder woman 1984 and it's definitely more coherent than the theatrical um cut and uh it's actually not bad, actually. I, I actually will say that I actually like it. Um, it's just I'm I'm surprised that Warner Brothers Brothers didn't want to release the full like Ultimate Edition. Yeah, it was only like 15 minutes longer. <laughs> the theatrical cut didn't even. Um, it was just it was so disjointed because they cut out a bunch of like connecting tissue. Yeah, I feel like um, especially with like all of Clark's scenes, like this is supposed to be like Superman and Batman, but then like you cut out so much of um, Clark scenes and you're just left with like, like you said, a disjointed, just felt so disjointed. So would you say that you actually liked the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman more than Wonder Woman 1984? Mm. I think, <laughs> yeah, actually right now I think I would say yes. Right now, I'm just going to say that because we're not. Yeah, we'll talk about other stuff later. <laughs> I, I'd say actually easily. Yes. Ultimate edition. Just because, and, and, it, and it helps, though, that, you know, I've always been more of a fan of uh, Batman and Superman, you know, um, and then obviously you get that whole Wonder Woman cameo and Gal Gadot. It's crazy because I had so, so high, so much high hopes for this movie. 
Because the I like I th- I have to say I think the first Wonder Woman is probably the best female superhero movie out there for sure. Um, and I like I was like 1984 is going to be so much like there's so much potential going into this movie, and for it to kind of like seep down low that much lower than the first one is actually really surprising. Mm. Yeah, I was just about to say like I really wanted this movie to be good. Like, yes, yeah, there's all that hype and stuff, and I really wanted it to be good, too, but, yeah. Yeah, same. Um, for me, though, I probably will overlook a lot of things because I've, I I looked at this movie, and especially after I got done watching the movie, um, I felt like this one was going to be a, like, disconnected from a, the DCEU they needed like a, like kind of like a filler episode almost, and uh, they kind of leaned on the 1984 like theme and like setting, and so really I was just looking for like kind of a popcorn flick, and I'll get to like the reason my reasonings why um, I kind of liked it even when we talk about the the uh, worst moments uh, a little bit later. Yeah, but just for the record, I did like. 1984 more than uh, some of the lower rankings on my MCU movie list. So if you want to check out my MCU movie list, go check out our other Marvel (laughs) uh, podcast episodes and you can kind of see there. Like I I probably liked it more than uh, the Incredible Hulk. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) And probably the first Thor. Okay. I was about to say Thor Dark World. He he likes it more than a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true jeremy on blast yeah yeah i said it (laughs) i would probably yeah 1984 over dark world i would probably say but you know that's not saying much (laughs) (laughs) uh let's jump into our next topic real quick uh so if you guys wanted to use the dreamstone to pick a different year for this wonder woman sequel with the consequence being that wonder woman 1984 never existed which year would you pick and why? Do you want to go first, uh, bro? Yeah, sure. So I would say it would be Wonder Woman 1996. Interesting. So I, yeah. I bring it to the 90s. And I bring it to the 90s primarily because the 90s was my childhood. So, like, I know that there's another movie, Captain, Captain Marvel. It was also set in the 90s, right? But I, I felt like it was kind of a missed opportunity. I didn't feel like uh, Captain Marvel really embraced the timeline or the time period that it was in. And um, so I would want a Wonder Woman 1996 to kind of like really embrace and, you know, dig deep into like its time, uh, time period. I, I kind of can forgive Captain Marvel for not, you know, I can kind of forgive Captain Marvel because like, I know we're talking about like her origin story and like her whole background and everything. So uh, Wonder Woman being a sequel, I feel like if it was set in the nineties, I would just kind of want to go back and, and get a little bit of nostalgia. Hmm. All right. Any specific reason why 1996? Oh yeah. Um, Because that's like I was six years old, so I can still kind of remember 
like what was going on around that time. I almost said 1994 because it's 84, 94, but I was four years old then and I don't really remember much. So, plus that was the year that Jeremy was born. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Uh, How about you, Ken? Uh, Well, if I had to uh, come up with a kind of a movie idea, I'd actually go in the past a little bit more. Uh, I would call it Wonder Woman 1955. uh, Because, (laughs) yeah, one of my favorite uh, movies of all time is Back to the Future. And I loved when uh, Marty ended up, you know, driving that DeLorean and going, traveling back to the year 1955. uh, Because, you know, I feel like not enough movies go back to explore the 1950s in general. Mm. And so I would have loved to see diana and steve and their whole dynamic in a 1950s setting you know um and you know they probably could have color graded it and made it look similar to what back to the future looked like but they could have also maybe taken a a more ambitious leap and maybe thought about shooting the film in black and white i just thought it would be you know i I feel like they could have done more with that uh because well there's this underrated movie i don't know if you guys have seen it it's a it's a movie starring toby mcguire and uh reese witherspoon called pleasantville um like the whole premise of that movie was that um you know they're you know in modern day at the time it was in the 90s and then they get transformed into a 50s tv show and it's actually got a lot more layers to it i don't want to give it away i actually highly recommend that movie that that movie's really good but yeah, I just thought it would have been pretty cool if uh, Patty Jenkins just thought of um, like doing something in the fifties because it really isn't too explored very much in, in especially in modern movies. That's true. Yeah, like when you're talking about the Tobey Maguire movie, it almost reminds me because uh, at the time of recording uh, this podcast episode, WandaVision hasn't come out yet, mm-hmm. and. That it just sounds it gives me WandaVision vibes. So I'll maybe I'll try to check out that movie. And that that sounds your your pitch for the Wonder Woman 1955. Yes. <laughs> kind of cool. It would be pretty cool. And especially if they took the time to maybe shoot at least a part of the movie in, in black and white. I thought it would be it, it would be a nice experiment, you know, especially if it is one of those like kind of one off movies where it's not really attached to like a larger universe. That's true. Uh, for me, I would I almost chose the World War II setting, uh, but you know we had the World War One setting already in the first movie, so I don't know. I was gonna I, I was gonna say Wonder Woman nineteen ninety nine, because you know it's the the turn of the century. I think that's a, a really cool like um, aspect. You can have it set on on, on New Year's Eve, and maybe she needs to save the world because something's actually about to. And the world, and yeah, maybe I'm talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger's End of Days, uh, but <laughs> but you know, she maybe she wants to team up with Arnold in 1999. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, just something something crazy like that, where maybe there's this huge monster that's gonna actually end the world in 1999 when we hit 2000. And uh, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Like. That's a good idea, actually. 
I didn't think about that. Like the the turn of the century, I remember in 1999, like people were speculating everything was going to end. And so to to have like things or like a movie where things actually are going to end, like Wonder Woman, that would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Plus maybe like, you know, how that whole montage of um, Chris Pine trying on different clothes, he could try a lot of uh, different like boy band outfits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of leather. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe, uh, uh, I guess, uh, do frosted tips. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chris Pine with frosted tips. <laughs> yeah. Do the whole Backstreet Boy or NSYNC uh, version of Chris Pine. That'd be hilarious, actually. I'd, I'd, I'd pay to see that. I feel like he could kind of like pull it off, though. He's oh, yeah. Chris Pine. <laughs> so. He's pretty versatile. Uh, so I want to ask our audience, actually, because since we watched Wonder Woman 1984, uh, what is or who is your favorite female superhero? Uh, and bro, since you're the guest of today's episode, uh, who's your favorite female superhero? Hmm. I think I'm going to be a little predictable here and say that right now my favorite female superhero is Spider-Woman. Um, and I think... More recently, the uh, the um, Spider Woman, in, the interpretation in Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Ooh, Spider Gwen. Yeah, Spider Gwen. Gwen. She's just so badass. Like, she doesn't take any crap, and of course, she has like Spider Man's powers. So, can't go wrong with that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw a curveball actually, because I when I thought of this, I almost said Black Widow, but we'll see when the movie comes out. Hopefully, it's good. Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to say, I don't know if this is technically a superhero or not, but I'm going to say Kimiko, the female from The Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh. Super villain. Can... <laughs> I mean, she ripped off a guy's face, but yeah, she's still a superhero. <laughs> she's on a good team still, so yeah. she could be a superhero. Yeah. How about you, Ken? Do you want to mention anyone? Your favorite um, female superhero? Yeah. Um, I think I'll go with Scarlet Witch. So that I mean, I'm really looking forward to uh, WandaVision. Um, I mean, we're taping this, what, the Tuesday before uh, the the premiere? So I'm really looking forward to it um, this coming Friday. Yeah, man. WandaVision. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it kicks off this whole Disney Plus Marvel series universe. So definitely look forward to that. If you guys want to answer our audience question, who is your favorite female superhero? Uh, you can you know, check us out on Twitter uh, at Weekly Real, or you can email us uh, your feedback. Uh, Ken, what's our email? Uh, you know what? It's not at Hotmail or Yahoo or AltaVista or it's, MySpace. Or MySpace. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Weekly Real Pod at gmail.com. All right. So, yeah, if you want to email us your answers or tweet us your answers, check it out there. All right, guys, let's uh, take a quick break. (music) 
All right, guys, we are back. And uh, let's just jump right into our next topic. And uh, I mean, we we gave a lot of, um, I guess, teasers from, from earlier in the podcast. Let's discuss some of the worst moments or nitpicks. Um, and so if, go ahead and mention at least two. And so, uh, Jeremy, let's go ahead and start with you first. I just realized reading my notes right now, three of my <laughs> worst moments slash nitpicks involve uh, Barbara Minerva slash Cheetah. Yeah, that sounds about like, right. <laughs> the first thing I just wrote in quotations, I want to be the next apex predator. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I just wrote that. And I'm like, uh, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. And I don't know why that makes her like, like this CGI cat thing. Oh, mercy. Like, it seemed like she was more, I don't know, man. It's like, she's not wearing any clothes and she's like this full on cat thing. And yeah, I don't know, man. I yeah, actually I, have to do research on that. She became the cheetah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it make. But the, just the way that she put it, when she says she's going to be the apex predator, and you think she would become like this, um, you know, kind of like Diana, maybe this like gladiator warrior that's just super like powerful, but she literally turns into like a cheetah, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> so, that, I don't know. <laughs> that was actually one of my worst moments too. Like, I, I know cheetahs are very like dangerous because they're fast and and stuff but like are they apex predators <laughs> i don't think so we, we actually talked about this on our um fight club episode because i said oh my spirit animal's a cheetah but then ken told me you know cheetahs are really fast but not for a very long time so it's like okay you're a cheetah now but it's like maybe you can maybe she was a good fighter because that fight did not last a long time <laughs> it was accurate <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was accurate to actual real life cheetahs because that was another one of my worst moments i guess it's um a bit of a silver lining that the fight wasn't long because it was not a good fight yeah, yeah. I, I mean i was looking forward to seeing like wonder woman in the the gold armor but it's just like that that fight is like yeah at at night, it was dark, and with the this weird gray animal jumping everywhere, it was, oh, man, that was, yeah, it was not a good fight. At least it was over fast. That was kind of rough, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, that was one of the things that I jotted down, too, but, yeah, go ahead. Because <laughs> Barbara Minerva, man, she's basically, like, the Riddler from Batman Forever and Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I can see wow. that actually, <laughs> because it's like you turn this nerdy character. Because actually, I have to admit, when um, Kristen Wiig was announced to play Cheetah, I was like, I don't know. Like, uh, we'll see. You know, I, I'm. We'll see how she does. And I, you know, you know, I liked her as the nerdy uh, Barbara Minerva. But then that when she started transitioning into like evil Cheetah version. I was like, uh, I don't know. She doesn't seem that powerful when you compare it to like someone like Diana. Mm. Yeah. Even even though they try to show it by her just beating up that one random dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kicking him all over the place. Yeah, like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and her turn as a as a from 
like I guess her her moral turn from a good person to a bad person, it felt like it was like two different characters. It was weird. Me, it, some people say like uh, the wishing stone took away basically, you know, the good part of her uh, when she made that that wish. But man, it just felt weird. I, it's like, would it really take away like a part of person's personality? Uh, I guess that's another nitpick. I don't too many nitpicks, but it's um, like the wishing stone. There's you don't know its limit. There's there's no rules to it that they really set in the movie. So I don't know. I'm I'm listening a lot, so I'll let you guys um, <laughs> say something next. Because uh, and I'll mention some other stuff if just in case you guys didn't mention it. <laughs> Jeffrey, want to, Jeffrey wanted to go ahead. I feel like with the cheetah, I feel like she was kind of shortchanged with her with that wish. Did like the wish not fully go through or something like that? Because when you wish for being an apex predator, I imagine you would be like this really intimidating. Um maybe not even an animal, you know, just like a warrior or something. But you turn into a cheetah. Cheetahs are cool. But <laughs> I don't know if that, if they're the best. Because Apex, you think about Apex, right? And it's the top. You're like top of the food chain. No one can mess with you, right? But yeah. <laughs> Whenever I think of Apex Predator, this is going to be random. Um, Jeremy knows this because you know yeah. we randomly talk about wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? I was thinking, what did she want it to be and become Randy Orton? <laughs> oh, shoot. she should have. She should have RKO'd <laughs> Wonder Woman, Diana Prince. RKO on Wonder Woman out of nowhere. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah, that was the first. She should, have, <laughs> she should have just turned into Randy Orton. He's probably more intimidating. Sorry. Oh, good. So, Jeffrey, do you want to share some of your worst moments or nitpicks uh, for Wonder Woman 1984? Yeah, I mean, my list is pretty extensive but i'll stick with just a couple or three maybe <laughs> um the first one was like wonder woman having the golden armor mm. um i felt like there was so much i guess hype to it at least when i saw it in the trailer i was like oh shoot you know that this arm is gonna be sick and like she's gonna do something crazy with it but like i didn't really find like there was any you extra she didn't re receive like any extra abilities with it kind of just looked cool and then it started getting like beat up really fast from the apex predator <laughs> <Ready work>. <laughs> <laughs> and um i thought that like okay maybe she would like earn it or something like she would do something to kind of you know earn it i guess but she just put it on, decided to put it on, and uh, it was just in her. It was just in her closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she changed outfits. Well, she found it. She was like trying to find Asteria, and she said that she just found it. It was so random. Yeah, so that was kind of rough. I didn't. Yeah, that that part kind of hurt. I felt like it was another missed opportunity because the armor could be sick, right? But yeah, yeah. Uh, just so you know, because that's one of the things that I did also mention. Um, 
or that I wanted to mention, uh, the armor basically only lasted two and a half minutes. <laughs> Just so no you know. way. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> two and a half minutes of uh, fully armored, uh, stereo armored uh, Diana. Oh, man. The next uh, you know, worst moment that I had in mind was, you know, at the end when Maxima Lord kind of like, I guess he becomes kind of good again and he comes back to his son. Maybe this is me coming off as cold hearted, but I didn't really feel that like that relationship that uh, that they had a strong relationship. Him and like this psychopath basically, you know, has like these selfish tendencies. And then at the very end, he decides to like love his son again. I was like, uh, it doesn't really work out. It didn't really work out for me. I didn't feel it. I mean, I felt bad for his son, but <laughs> but I didn't feel good for him. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, there was a little bit of a disconnect for sure. I definitely agree with that. Um, now it makes you wonder. It's like what happened to Maxwell Lord after? Because that last scene is just him hugging his uh, hugging his son, and you it makes you wonder. It's like, wait a minute, do do people know that was Maxwell Lord that? basically like manipulated them and will he get arrested or anything like that? But it's like, he kind of gets a happy ending and we don't know what happens to him after that. Yeah, does everyone <laughs> like just lose their memory and they just forget? <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. Yeah, Cause he was televised, like not the whole world basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was touching them with particles. Oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> right. That makes complete sense. Through their TV screens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those were the, the main moments that really like stood out to me. And I was like, oh, it's not working out for me. No. You know, it, I, yeah, I agree with that uh, Stereo's armor. That was actually one of mine. Uh, the first one that I wanted to mention, though, for me was Wonder Woman 1984 was way too long. It, it ran two and a half hours. And I feel like easily they could have cut 30 minutes out of it and it would have played much way, way better actually, because I felt like they could have cut out a lot of the Maxwell Lord stuff because I feel like after a while it just got repetitive. Um, so they could have cut out at least 20 to 25 minutes of his stuff. And I feel, felt like they could have tweaked a lot of Barbara's stuff too. Like set, like I feel like they didn't do a really good job in terms of setting up um her character uh, it was messy to say the least and that was actually the second i guess like nitpick that i wanted to mention was just the cheetah thing was just in general was underwhelming um as i was doing like research for this podcast i i don't know i read on different websites that because i'm not really too familiar with the wonder woman like comic they said that Cheetah was basically kind of like what Batman and Joker are and Superman and Lex Luthor are. Cheetah's basically like her, like kind of a mean villain. And I'm like, mm, was yeah. it really? Oh, man. They didn't feel that. So yeah, she was supposed to be uh, the apex villain. <laughs> the apex predator. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I read that it, she's one of the main villains. And, and so... Um, I don't know. As much as I love Pedro Pascal as, as as an actor, I mean, I loved him in Game of Thrones and obviously uh, as Mando. Um, I felt like they could have like 
put him more as a secondary bad guy and focus more on Barbara Minerva's cheetah. And, you know, like I felt like they could have given her a proper like backstory and story, you know, like a buildup. And actually I felt like, I mean, you know, we were talking about Randy Orton. I felt like they could have set up her heel turn a little bit better. That was a whole mess. Like that whole scene when uh, they visited her friend or whatever, they were like, Oh, um, you know, we need to stop Max. And she was like, Oh, I don't want to be a part of that. And then all of a sudden, even Diana was like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't like kill Maxwell Lord or whatever. Maybe, you know what? You're right. We should try to think of something else. And then by the time, like she says that, like she's gone and, and then what they don't go after. I, I just thought it was weird. Like that whole scene. I hated that scene actually. Yeah. That was, that was not just like her storyline. It's like, they started off kind of like the cliche way. Like, like I said, Riddler, Electro, and then they kind of just mess up again. (laughs) Just the same way. I don't know why they keep doing that with these cliched characters. Uh, but I don't know. Just her storyline was, wasn't really well done. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I felt like they could have structured structured it better and like focus more on her and like I felt like they could have done a better job in terms of building her hatred uh, uh, against Diana. Then they could have probably done a more epic, I don't know, fight in, in a better you know well lit area you know like setting. I don't know. There's just a lot of things that I just found uh, that I found problematic with all that stuff. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention, since uh, Jeffrey already mentioned Asteria's armor and the fact that it only made a two and a half minute ca- uh, cameo, was um, remember during that one scene where you know they're driving through what is it? What was it Cairo, right? When they were driving and then they were they did that whole like kind of fight while they're in the the armored vehicles and the car or whatever. Mm-hmm. I hated the fact that when uh, Diana was like running, it just looked so fake. <laughs> yeah, where it's just it looks like she's running like at a different speed than what she's actually going at. I felt like with twenty twenty one or twenty twenty since it technically came out last year, technology. I felt like they could have made her like legs like sync up with how fast she was supposed to be running. It just looked weird to me. I don't know. It's just a random nitpick. Yeah, she didn't look like she was trying that hard, but she was going super fast. It <laughs> reminds me of like Smallville a little bit. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. But you know what? With Smallville, though, they only had a CW or WB budget. I'm talking mm. about like this whole big budget type of thing. Yeah, and yeah. that was two thousand one. Exactly. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, like, I don't know if you guys have any more nitpicks that you want to mention. Uh, and I know that the audience would want us to talk about this is when they, when Steve Trevor, when he comes back, he takes over some guy's body. Uh, and for some reason, the wishing stone, when, when Diana made her wish, why didn't she just like, I don't know. Why didn't he just appear out of thin air? Just like some other stuff that people wished for, like nukes that appeared out of thin air. But how mm-hmm. come Steve Trevor, how come he has to be plugged into some other guy's body? And then all the stuff that they do to him in that body. <laughs> um, 
some adult activities and you know just uh and isn't anyone wondering like th- doesn't that guy have like a job that he has to go to isn't anyone worried about this this guy because it's not like he he doesn't actually have chris pine's face right it's like it, it's just that's how diana perceives him right yeah so it's a little weird it's it's a thing that i know a lot of people are bringing up right now and I like they never address that. I get because they bring in the the guy at the end of the movie when it's like snowing, and I'm like, I guess he's okay, but <laughs> but it was like, yeah, it's like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, it's very problematic in terms of how they handled it, especially since uh, Diana was not giving the time of day to any guy. <laughs> but the only reason why she gave him the time of day was because she saw Steve in him because of the, the dream stone. Uh, the, it's weird. It's like, why couldn't Steve Trevor just appear as like Steve Trevor? Right. Yeah. That, that's so weird. Like, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. I didn't even think about that. Like everybody's wishes pretty much comes like perfectly, but then he has to be in another body. I don't know. Maybe because he's dead. So he has to be, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, they didn't really it. explain the rules of the Dreamstone, just like what Jeremy said earlier. Um, I think if they would have established it, especially if they could bring you know Steve Trevor back from the dead, they'd be like, oh, shoot. The Dreamstone can do some crazy shit, you know? Mm-hmm. That would have been, see, it's like if you could bring back the dead, then yeah, you can do that. But it's like, what if there's like some consequences to actually bringing him back? Is he a little bit crazy or whatever? Uh, does he not remember Diana or something like that? Right. That would have been interesting. But it's just him plugged into some other guy's body and then then he disappears again. It's like, it sucks. But yeah, I don't know. And also along the lines of like like the rules about the dreamstone and stuff, I I just found it kind of weird. You could just renounce your wish, just like that. Like you just say, "I renounce my wish," and then it's gone. I don't know. I found it kind of weird. Just felt so. Um, I don't know. Like your wish isn't that strong. I don't. Know. Is, is there like an expiration date? Can I say I renounce? Can Wonder Woman renounce her wish after like thirty years? It's like, all right, see you later. We had thirty years together, Steve. <laughs> Good enough. And then I renounce my wish, and then boom, he's gone. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. There's so yeah. I mean, like you said, there's so many plot holes in this movie. All right, guys, let's uh, let's jump into our final topic of the episode, and uh, this final topic. Um, and Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and take this one first again? Where do you want the next Wonder Woman sequel to go next? Personally, for me, I would want to see Wonder Woman go modern day. So past Justice League, past Batman versus Superman. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing her team up with another hero, someone with maybe a little bit more flexibility. Uh, maybe someone like Batman, <laughs> uh, but I don't think that's going to happen because, uh, you know, Ben Affleck, I don't know. It probably seems like he's not coming back. I would have said Cyborg because I felt like their uh, chemistry or their rapport was pretty cool in the theatrical Justice League. But with the whole Ray Fisher stuff, I don't think that's happening <laughs> either. Uh, so 
I don't know who else I would want to see her team up with, but I don't know. Superman? I don't know, man. But I think that would be... Uh, I think it would just be cool if she, she teams up with another hero. Because I don't think you need Steve Trevor again for the, her next movie. I think bring in someone else to for her to bounce off of. Mm. Yeah, for me, like I, I kind of feel the same way about Steve Trevor. I think it's time to move on from him. Um, I kind of want to see, I would want to see um, just Diana try to actually try to fit into society and actually try to have like a social life. So I feel like in 1984, she kind of just purposefully separated herself and isolated herself. Um, and we, I, we didn't really get to see her try. So I would kind of want to see that. Then again, it's kind of difficult to say with like how crazy and how unstable like all the DC movies have been recently. Um, oh, who she could team up with? Because I think a team up would be nice too. Um, but like I said, it's just like all these DC movies have been all over the place. It feels like. Yeah, you know what? I basically on the same wavelength as you guys, especially with you, Jeremy. That's <laughs> actually <laughs> that's actually my exact answer. Um, I mean, modern day, I you know I don't think it'll happen, but I wanted a team up too. I was like, oh, Henry Cavill, we'll see. I don't think that'll happen. Batfleck, eh, I don't think that'll happen. But I guess realistically, if they do a team up, maybe Jason Momoa, maybe, okay. <laughs> maybe. Uh, because I feel like uh, that'd be kind of an interesting mix uh, because, yeah, I agree with you guys. Like, I feel like um, even though I love the Steve Trevor and Diana uh, Prince like dynamic, I think it's run it, it's run its course and obviously he's dead. <laughs> so uh, we don't need to bring him back. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I don't know for me. Uh, most importantly, I just want to see Diana in this next film kind of go back to being that badass like when she walked up um and then just walked through no man's land uh like in the first film and then like literally went through the whole german army or whatever i, I just thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. definitely needed to see like that that heart of the first movie again mm-hmm. we we definitely need to see that again in the next movie yeah well um i think I think I the the one thing that I did read is that yeah it will be in modern day uh, that's what Patty Jenkins says and and they are um they ha- she has an idea I'm kind of curious to see if they are going to bring uh, other people just to play off uh, with you know play off of Diana in, in the next movie um, curious to see if they maybe even introduce a new superhero we'll see who knows um, so is it oh, what. So is it for sure that there's going to be a sequel to uh, 1984? Okay. Yeah, it's all but confirmed already. Uh, I think they already got green lit actually right after the release. Um, I think it did so well in the theater, surprisingly. Um, and then um, I think they were happy with the HBO Max numbers. So um, they were like kind of guessing maybe late 22 at the earliest, but probably more than likely, especially with the pandemic going on, probably uh, open in 2023. Okay. I really hope this one then is good. Needs- <laughs> I agree. I mean, I don't know. For me, I just, I, I was expecting it to be kind of like a one-off, 
entertaining movie. I just wish there was more focus. Yeah. I want to see more Wonder Woman in her next movie. Because this one, it was a very lot much much more Maxwell Lord and and Cheetah for some reason. Um, I guess because she's an apex predator, but you know, whatever. <laughs> they should have Randy Orton in the next Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> he be the villain. He'll, be yeah. the, uh, he'll play the whole uh, Asteria cameo uh, <laughs> at the end post credits. <laughs> That's a weird question, but is he still is he still wrestling? Uh, I think I so. Think so. Yeah, I think so. I have, haven't really watched WWE in a while, especially. So I actually just heard, recently heard that they're still wrestling with a virtual audience. I just thought that was like, oh, that's weird. That must be something to watch. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, we have finally reached. Uh, well, I think it's mine and Jeremy's favorite. And you know what, Jer- uh, Jeffrey, we're going to get you to li- like this section as well. Uh, we've reached the guest Rotten Tomato score portion of our podcast episode and uh to remind everyone i mean since we have been off the last few weeks um jeremy actually has already clinched the season one title uh for the guest rotten tomato score he's currently up 16 to 11 uh but you know what jeremy we're about to get spanked by another guest uh, I, i would imagine because like every time we do have a guest on it seems like the guest always beats both of us and so um jeffrey do you want to take the first crack at what you thought the tomato meter has for wonder woman 1984 yeah for sure man so the pressure's on other guests have done well huh (laughs) yeah i think they're undefeated they usually beat us okay so i'm gonna go with 46 percent Ooh. That may have been that may be our lowest guest in the short history of the weekly real podcast. Uh, Jeremy, you want to go next? All right. So uh, a bit of a disclaimer, though, because I've seen articles talking about the Wonder Woman Ron Tomato score like keeps getting lower and lower, lower and lower. Because at one point it was, I heard it was fresh, uh, and then they just keep saying stuff, and so. I would just say kind of ignore my score. It's like if I win, then eh. it's like I paid too much attention to the news. So I said 58%. Oh, really? That's weird. Uh, I was actually really close to your score. And I bet you, I bet you it's way closer to Jeffrey's then because I guessed 57. Um, And uh, I mean, I mean, you already clinched a title anyway. So, I mean, really doesn't affect the whole like competition for season one, but yeah. let me go ahead and look it up right now. Let me go to rottentomatoes.com and let's type in Wonder Woman 1984. And with a tomato meter of 60%, really? He takes the what 60? Yeah, I guess it. Um, they got some higher scores because it's got a whole tomato so it must be kind of fresh <laughs> so it's not wrong <laughs> yeah 60 percent. 60 percent so yeah so jeremy takes this one and he is i mean even if you wanted a uh consultation <laughs> price <laughs> consolation prize now you know what jeremy we'll give you the point um you didn't really look up the actual actual score 
So after this week, we and heading into, uh, I guess our season one finale, we're going to update that score to seventeen eleven. Jeremy. All right. right. Cool. I mean, next week is our last episode. Oh, and actually speaking, since we're on the topic, did you want to uh, preview our season one finale? Yeah, so next week is the start of something new. So you better get your head in the game because we're going to be talking about a high school musical. Uh, <laughs> so if you don't know, this, th- those are some of the titles of some of the songs oh, <laughs> in, in the movie that you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My brother knows, though. He's seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Did you make that yeah. up? Why? Nah, dude. dude I, I wrote it down. Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, totally. you can't make that stuff up, but I mean, so high school musical, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. I haven't, I haven't seen it in years. I can't even remember the last time I've seen it. Uh, so like Ken said, he hasn't seen it before, so I'm ready to share it with you, Ken. Yeah, man, that, <laughs> all those references just totally went over my head. And uh, I mean, Jeremy is sharing this uh, one of his guilty pleasure uh, movies with me um, on the season finale. Actually, um, we're trying out. I mean, we we started it earlier in the season with uh, with Mean Girls uh, when we had Jackie uh, join the podcast. That was technically our uh, first guilty pleasure movie, um, you know, for the podcast. And so we decided to go ahead and make this a uh, a regular series. And so doing a guilty pleasure movies podcast series and the second installment of that is one of jeremy's uh i'm really looking forward to uh watching high school musical for the very first time and uh also if you haven't checked out our mean girls episode definitely check it out um it's a really good one and and yeah i think you guys would really you guys will really enjoy jackie and oh yeah me and jeremy too so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh guys before we uh, call it an episode uh jeffrey do you have anything to plug moving forward yeah so if you guys just want to um follow me on twitter i do have a twitter account and you can follow me at twitter.com slash spider so that's spider and jeef is j-e-e-f yeah, I was about to say, yeah, you know, we're just going to put the spelling in the uh, the episode notes. So just pay attention to that. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, do you have anything to plug uh, for the next week? Yeah. So if you can follow me, uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, it's at JP underscore flicks. Very nice. And also um, for me, I am um, also active on both Twitter and Instagram at free Ken a and uh, the spelling will be in the episode notes along with all the other fellas. And so guys, before we call it an episode, uh, do you have any final thoughts on wonder woman 1984? I just really hope that the next one is good. Cause I really wanted this one to be good. Um, it had its fun moments, but overall just kind of messy. I feel like I need to watch it again to really know how, how I really feel about it. But initially, it just felt like really messy. Maybe not as messy as Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not that's not saying much, you know. 
Yeah, and I completely agree. Um, there were a, a, a lot of elements that I uh, did like about this uh, movie. I'd probably give it, you know, actually, I was kind of expecting the the tomato meter to be a little bit less. And so, uh, you know what? The to- I actually agree with the tomato meter. It's right around the 60 to 65 uh, range for me. And so I felt like if it was a little bit more focused and if it was shorter, focused a little bit less on Maxwell Lord, it would have, I don't know, just been more focused with Barbara Minerva and set her character up better as an actual like straight up good villain could have been good it, it, it had the it had the elements of being good yeah oh well dang it hopefully next next movie hopefully they don't cancel this series i i don't think so well and and like jeremy said earlier too it may have given it a few extra points if we may have seen it in the theater i think it, the whole enjoyment kind of you know was taken away for us just watching it at home. So those are the, uh, those are the conditions that we currently live in. And so um, again, a Jeffrey, you know what you're, I mean, we've mentioned this to all of our guests. We want to thank you so much for joining uh, the pod. Uh, We are truly thankful that you decided uh, to uh, join us for the first time. We're glad to have you back uh, moving forward. So just let us know. Yeah, for sure. You know, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks for having me guys. And, yeah, I'd be down to do this again in the future. Um, yeah, maybe like a Spider-Man movie or something. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? Spider-Man uh, three, yeah. or maybe when we get to the our MCU rewatch, or when we uh, talk about Homecoming, because oh. that's coming up pretty soon. So uh, check that out uh, for sure in season two. We'll definitely have Jeffrey back. Um, and so again. Just want to remind everyone, again, tune in next week uh, to the Weekly Real Podcast Season 1 finale, uh, where both me and Jeremy uh, cover High School Musical. And who knows, we might even have an unexpected guest. Ooh, did you did you forget to contact Zach Efron's publicist? I know. Uh, <laughs> you know what, let, yeah. me, let, me get, let me see if he can uh, make it short notice, you know, because that'd be pretty cool to get Zach Efron on. Yeah, if if not, we have someone else too. <laughs> exactly. Good. We'll settle for uh, someone else. Well, you know, just stay tuned uh, to find out. And so, uh, on behalf of our very special guest Jeffrey and his brother, and well, my weekly real tag team partner Jeremy, my name is Ken, and we'll see you next time on the real. <laughs>